Hello and welcome to episode six of series three of the Decade Podcast. Now, are you all enjoying it? I hope so, but if you're not, there's only four episodes left, so plow on. This is the podcast that takes an in-depth look into the 2021 project started by comedian Mark Watson. I'm your host, Chris Jack. I'm a little bit like Mark, except I'm not left-handed, I'm right-handed. Although I once got that right hand stuck in the back pocket of my jeans, which resulted in my mother having to cut me out of my own trousers. I know you all think that I make these intros up, but that was 100% genuine. Today we travel further than we've ever done before with Decade, and we talk to Anna in Australia. There's books, there's art, there's finding a life partner. Unfortunately, the baby wombat story had to be cut, but still, it's a great episode. Please enjoy The Decade Goals of Anna. Welcome, Anna, to the Decade Podcast. It's lovely having you. Oh, thank you very much. Lovely to be here. Fantastic. Where are you joining us from today? Uh, so I am from Canberra, Australia, which is the capital, unlike Sydney. So now, if you're growing up in the UK, uh, there is obviously the myth that Sydney is the capital and people just talk about it as if it's the capital all the time. I'm guessing that doesn't happen in Australia, but is there a lot of beef between Sydney and Canberra because of that? Um, not really, because nobody cares about Canberra. Uh, that's fine. Uh, the only people who live in Canberra are public servants who work for the federal government and university students. Yeah, nobody cares about Canberra. It's mostly Sydney versus Melbourne. I do like the fact that you're from Canberra and you don't care about Canberra. Oh, I, I'm not from Canberra. I, I was a university student and I've just been stuck here ever since. So that's just the way it is. So, so that is interesting, though. So actually, you're an interloper into the area. So if you were born and raised in Canberra, I reckon you've got a different opinion to that. Possibly. Uh, we call them townies. Uh, they're a very rare breed. Um, occasionally you come across them and they're fine. They're fine. They can navigate around about as good as anyone else. So that's that's OK. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, you're from Australia and uh, uh, we normally start by asking our guests to introduce themselves. Yeah, sure. So as I said, my name's Anna. I really enjoy hiking, camping. I've got a lot of pot plants. I obviously enjoy a fair bit of comedy. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sporty, but I also love to draw and paint and all of those sorts of things as well. What sort of sports are you into? Uh, So for me, it's uh, mostly social sports because even though I'm competitive and enjoy it, I'm not amazing at it. So I play dodgeball. Uh, which is not a sport, but it's a lot of fun. And then I also play a mixture of sports on Monday. So we do like basketball, netball, soccer, uh, Fiji and touch, football, all of those sorts of things. First thing I'm going to pick you up on the fact that dodgeball is a sport. (laughs) What are you on about? You're throwing balls at other people and trying to dodge them. That is clearly a sport. Yes, but it's a very silly sport, uh, which means if anyone takes it too seriously, you can be like, bro, you're on a team called the Dodgersaurs. Calm down. So, sorry, before we carry on to the actual interview proper, the Dodgersaurs. Yeah, I subbed for them last week. They're a great team. My team is called Gotta Catch Them All, as a Pokemon reference. Uh, there's Dodger Federer. Um, yeah, no, we've all got great names. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> How did you first hear about the Decade Project? Um, I think the same way that a lot of people have. Uh, so I watched Taskmaster. Yeah. Uh, got a little bit too into it, like a lot of other people have. And then I followed Alex over to No More Jockeys, where I jumped onto the Watson train instead. I was just like, oh, 
this is a great sense of humor. I'm onto this. So then I, you know, was looking at his stuff on Twitter and one day he mentioned Decade. And so after a, a number of months of like checking out the Discord and looking at things, I'm just like, yeah, maybe I can be a part of this community. Maybe it's not that scary after all. How, how are you finding the Watson train over and above the Alex train? I guess that's a good question. I think Mark Watson just seems to be the sort of humour that I get a little bit more than Alex's humour. Like, look, I still listen to the horn section. I still watch Taskmaster like everyone else in the world does. But yeah, no, Watto's just seems like a, a fun guy, especially on Twitter. There's just a lot of raucous support. Uh, which is a lot of fun to be a part of. What was the hesitation from your side in terms of getting yeah. involved? Um, so it was a lurking for a good few months. Um, I think it was a mixture of things. So one of them was that I saw, I recognised a lot of names of the community off Twitter, and I was just like, oh, these are the main guys. I don't know if this community, I don't know <laughs> if I'm prepared to be one of the main guys yet. And so it was sort of like, ah, oh, I'm a little bit nervous that way. And then I think the main reason that it took me a while was because I wanted to figure out what my goals were going to be. And then I ended up having a whole mental discussion of whether or not goals are a good thing, whether or not I should have goals in my life, because... I've always been very anti-goals, especially as a child. I was just like, absolutely not. Goals are a waste of time. And I think part of that was just looking... Yeah, if you have goals and you have like a set of goalposts, it means that there is a chance of failure. And obviously I don't like failing other people, but I really don't like failing my own expectations. And so putting goals out there where other people could see them, I felt like maybe I was going to be responsible for actually getting to these goals. And obviously now that I'm part of the uh, Discord, I know it's not like that at all. Everyone is, you know, very good at cheering on, you know, people's accomplishments as well as going, hey, you know, that goal wasn't great. Let's ditch it or move it or change it to something else entirely. And that's totally cool. Yeah, I think I'm still a bit more rigid when I'm like looking at my own goals but you know it's only days yet so that's fine. It's an interesting dynamic I always find that the idea of setting a goal is and not achieving it can be quite detrimental to you. Getting that kind of balance of having something to aim towards but it being okay if you don't quite get there when you want to get there or, or not getting there at all and being comfortable in that environment that's a much better place to be, but I don't know how you kind of cross that divide, particularly as the experience that you've described in terms of, I really want to achieve this for myself more than anything else. Absolutely. I mean, it is interesting because I think like a lot of people, I have different standards for myself than for others. And I think it's totally fine to get rid of goals if they're not doing you a positive service. But I think I just get overly frustrated when I've put something in front of me and then I can't accomplish it for whatever reason. So to be fair, often that's just because I haven't given myself enough time to do something. And so the fact that this is a decade is probably quite a good thing. It's just like, well, here you go. You've got 10 years to do something. Good luck. Yeah, I suppose like with the, with the 10 years, you can't really complain that you haven't had enough time to do it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not like homework. It's not like he gets to the end of the 10 years and goes, oh my God, I'm really sorry. The dog ate my new job and life. 
(laughs) Exactly. You can't pull an all-nighter and be like, uh, lads, I told you that I was going to get these 10 things done in a decade. Forgot about it. I know I've got 48 hours, but by God, am I going to you know, visit the Great Barrier Reef and buy a house today. It will, it will happen. We'll be good. I promise. <laughs> it's, nine, it's nine o'clock. Where can I get a baby from? <laughs> what were your decade goals originally? I think I added my goals onto the Discord at like the very end of July this year. So, so far they haven't really changed that much, but uh, I've got 10 goals because that felt appropriate, even though it felt like a lot. So my goals are buy a house, visit the Great Barrier Reef, help write a governmental policy that I can point to and know that I made a tangible and positive difference to the world, finish the first draft of my book, get my book printed, even though it will just be one copy, just for me, find a life partner slash boyfriend, go to therapy, do less overthinking and jump at more opportunities, volunteer for at least once a month, or at least go out of my way to help other people, and uh, finally, number 10 is do a really big art project. Our book and printing the book, two separate goals. Yeah. That's cheating. I'd say you've only got nine. Don't do this to me. Then I'll have to think of another goal. <laughs> a really wide range of things there, because we mentioned briefly around having a long time to do some of these goals. And yeah. you've got stuff which is quite tangible and quite doable within quite a short space of time but then you've got a lot wider long long-term type of goals within there as well are you more comfortable with one or the other i'm not totally sure to be honest i feel like i don't know what would you consider one of the short ones because i feel like well in a way they're all sort of the same length to me in an odd intangible sort of way i'm i'm not ignorant of the fact that in australia places are thousands and thousands and thousands of miles between each other however it is much easier for you tomorrow to find a plane or a couple of planes and get to the great barrier reef than buy a house than buy a house (laughs) (laughs) that is very true however i've been planning to go to the great barrier reef since maybe 2017 so it's been six years uh, we'll get there where we get there, but this is a good way to actually go, all right, you're going to do it, matey? Let's go. Which I think is the whole point of the decade. Absolutely. And I suppose also the volunteering. You could mm-hmm. you could go and volunteer tomorrow at wherever you wanted to do, or I'm pretty sure it's, was it, five o'clock where you are now? Got a good mm-hmm. few hours. You could, you, could, you could sneak in a few bits of volunteering before you get to bed. Absolutely. And I mean, to be fair, I already do some volunteering but the idea is to do a lot more than what I currently do because I'm not going to say that I've been lazy with the way that I've gone about my volunteering you know I'll do a lot of like I don't know if land care is something in the UK probably not but basically it's a group of people normally there are at least 75 old people these are, these are people who've been doing this for oh, a while. Sorry, when you said 75. <laughs> yeah, not a group went, of 75 I... people. A, 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 twi- a group of 20 people who are approximately an average age of 75 who all get together once a month. They put on a smash and morning tea and then they absolutely go ham sandwich on the local weeds of the area. You know, pull out weeds, plant new saplings and put out baits for wild foxes, etc. So that's... One of the things that I've been trying to get into 
but it's sometimes a little bit of a difficult community because they're all a lot of them are retired they'll be like ah uh, we are meeting now once a fortnight and you're like great and they're like yes on a thursday at 11 a.m and i'm like i i have a job i'm sorry so yeah do i do volunteering yes do i need to do more volunteering absolutely So alongside those sorts of goals, you've got some quite big goals on there. Can you talk a little bit about your book? So uh, my book I've been working on since 2015. I think we're at a hundred, oh, maybe a little under 150,000 words at the moment, which so it's, it's come along. It's quite an interesting project for me because normally the kind of work I do as a hobby is like, visual arts. I really enjoy, you know, sketching, drawing, watercolour, that sort of thing. And the good thing about those sorts of projects is that at the end of the day, you can hang it up on your wall and go, oh, look at my pretty thing. And everyone's very good at going, oh, that is a pretty thing. Well done. And you're like, haha, I've got validation and I have something nice to put on my wall. And so doing this book and keeping it incredibly private, I think I've told one person in my real life, and I guess now the Decade Discord, about this book. And the whole idea is that getting like validation and compliments is fantastic for your art, but sometimes just doing a project just for yourself and knowing that other people won't see it feels quite nice because you're like, well, the only validation I need is for myself at the end of the day. And so working on this book and just doing it late at night when everyone else has gone to sleep. Yeah, it's just a nice little secret for me. Uh, The process of doing something I think is just as important than the actual outcome of it sometimes because Hmm. you discover whether you can do it and you can, it almost doesn't matter the quality of it, you've you've done it for yourself and you go through those those motions of actually creating something which I think is mental health-wise positive as much as, as it is kind of life affirming and something to do every day are you able to tell us a little bit about the, what the book's about or is it completely secret I, I can tell you a little bit about it which feels deeply illegal uh but that's fine um so basically um ironically i did because i started writing it in 2015 i didn't know the pandemic was coming so that did change the plot a little bit but basically It's a story about um, a young man who's trying to basically escape his life of crime because he's like grown up in, you know, a very poor area and has done some pretty terrible things. And so he tries to create a new identity for himself, but he gets arrested and he's told he can either like stay in jail or be under house arrest. But he finds himself a little bit of conundrum in that obviously he doesn't want to go to jail, but if he puts down, you know, his friends, his family, they're all going to be in trouble because they're also kind of like in the underworld and that wouldn't be great. And also he is trying to change his life, so that's not going to help. Uh, So basically he reaches out to his primary school best friend who hasn't seen him in like 20 years and he puts down his primary school best friend's address and then he goes and lives with this best friend, which the best friend doesn't know about until he rocks up and says, hey, kind of live here now. And so it's a situation of just having an unwanted house guest for too long. And so, yeah, it's sort of about two friends trying to work out who they've become as they've grown up and like experienced different lives. I mean, it's got everything. It's it's <laughs> it's got crime. 
It's got thriller written over it. It's got an odd couple type comedic aspect to it. I mean, it's brilliant. I can see it as a movie. I mean, so 150,000 words in, did you say? Yeah, yeah. So originally I thought, look, if I can write 50,000 words, I'll be a very happy lad. But I didn't know how to finish the book. And so now, yeah, it's like 144,000 we're still going. We're I know where going. the end is now. It took me a while to actually work out what the plot was, but um, with your goals, you've you've talked about hmm. the book, and then you've also talked about a big art project. Yeah, they're, they're quite similar in terms of you're doing something for yourself and wanting like a uh, wanting a an outcome, a thing at the end of the ten years, which are creative. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like. Uh, writing is very outside my wheelhouse. I haven't had too much to do with it whilst with drawing. I've basically been doing it my whole life. I did a few courses um, at uni doing visual arts. And so doing a big art project like an art exhibit feels so completely different to writing a book. And so I'm kind of, I'm quite excited to try and do a big art project because like I've got a, a few things on my wall. Um, obviously this is not going to help with the podcast, but I'll, I'll sh- turn the camera around and I can show you some. Hang on. Well, there we go. So for the listener, I've got a hand hold, uh, holding a bone by the looks of it. Yeah. It looks like a human bone, actually. So a uh, tibia or something. Um, a, is it paint, a chalk on acrylic, something like that? Yeah. So it's, um, it's charcoal on paper. Um. Actually, all of my big painting, uh, all of my big drawings in here are all, yeah, death related slash bony. I can see a skeleton. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a skeleton. But those were from uh, my uni course, which was called Exquisite Corpse, which was fantastic name for a uni uh, course, which was where we got to go into, basically go into the School of Medicine, look at some of the cadavers and... Uh, draw bones and muscles and stuff it was a good time and you want you just want to do something which is kind of exhibition of all those types of things and different styles yeah yeah because uh, most of my stuff is like a3 a4 and so the idea of you know making some quite large pictures and you know hanging them up and showing them to everyone would be really exciting and so it's almost the complete opposite of the book project which is just for me and will not be shown by anyone, uh, sorry, not be seen by anyone, compared to, like, an art exhibit where it's literally put on so other people can see all of the things I've done. Your last couple of goals, they're quite... Buy a house, get a partner, go to therapy. I mean, sorry, therapy Mm -hmm. and overthinking are quite similar as, as well and kind of managing that. Uh, but one is a lot easier than the other, so... Yeah, uh, absolutely. This So this year's goal is uh, do less overthinking and jump at more opportunities, which is why when you messaged me, I was just like, oh, God damn it! yes, all right, I'm in, let's go. Uh, I mean, I'm great that I'm helping with your goals already, which is fabulous. <laughs> Those type of goals come up on... They generally tend to come up on lots of people's lists, particularly with things like buying a house and getting a partner. Do you think there's a, like a societal pressure to put those kind of things on your goals list or is that driven by you yourself? I think 
Uh, finding a boyfriend would be absolutely fantastic. Or a life partner. I mean, I don't know what I'll feel like in 10 years, but I feel like it'll still be a boyfriend. We'll find out. And so that's definitely a goal for me. I think buying a house is just feels like a good idea to do at some point in your life, if possible. And so is it a societally, like, forced goal? Probably. Does it mean that it's not meaningful? Well, I don't know. I think, I think it's important. At the beginning, we talked about it being worry about that kind of fear of failure and I often think mm. that when you grow up there is this path for life which has been almost dictated to everyone already it's sort of like get housewife kids yeah get education buy a house get married have kids retire die you talked earlier on about the failing if you didn't achieve those goals and I do think sometimes when you fall outside those traditional life paths then people feel failure like sort of pushed upon them if you get to the end of the 10 years and some of not just those bigger things but some of those things haven't happened are you able to kind of go that's fine but this happened I got a flat instead of a house yeah I mean I'm hoping I'll be a little bit wiser when I'm 36 and the decade is up and I feel like yeah I think if decade ended tomorrow and I didn't tick off any of those things even though that'd be heartbreaking, I'd be able to get over it. At the end of the day, these goals, they're just little signs saying, wouldn't it be nice if we could do this thing? But life isn't a strict, you know, point A to point B to point C. You know, you succeed with goal one, you succeed with goal two, and then if you're lucky, you get to go up to level five goals. Everyone has their own sort of journey and it's interesting, a few of my friends at the moment have been going through the usual mid-twenties existential crisis of, you know, I haven't finished university yet. It's okay. Everyone gets to go and do different things throughout their life. There's no need to worry about what everyone else is doing because, you know, I think I think it was Hare talking on Twitter about how she was stressing about, you know, not meeting the sort of expectations that she had from herself And all I could think of was like, you've done all these amazing things in your life that I will never do. And that's totally fine. It's like going, man, you know, I will never be the best astronaut in the world. And that is totally fine because I have no interest of being an astronaut whatsoever. You know, there'll be people being experts in, you know, canola growing or you know, astrophysics, and I'm not going to be any of those people, and that's okay. The main thing is, at the end of the day, I'm happy, the people around me are happy, and I leave the world a better place than when I came into it. That's what matters. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a lovely way of looking at it, and I liked your approach to the goals being almost like a little nudge in the, in the direction, rather than an yeah. ultimate aim. It's sort of like, by the way, come on, this might help you along and this is a good thing to aim towards and it not being the be-all and end-all. Exactly, which is why, so this year, my goal is to do less overthinking and jump at more opportunities. And I've hated it as a goal, but boy, how, I've had a great time. This, this has been fantastic. Oh boy, so like, I drove three and a half hours to go to a gig in a different city all by myself just because, you know, you might as well. During Easter, I went to a giant hippie festival, which was completely out of my wheelhouse. I've never seen so many naked people. It was wild. Did I have a good time? Yeah. Would I do it again? Maybe. It was out of my wheelhouse, but it was kind of fun. I've been going to a lot more events by myself, like concerts and 
you know, footy matches, that sort of thing. On Monday, my team won like our social sport ladder, which was great. And so we had like two bottles of, you know, sparkling wine, uh, Prosecco, that's the one. And we were like, oh, well, we have to shake up at least one. And I was just like, can you just pour it all over me? And so I just got absolutely drenched in Prosecco which was a lot of fun. If I'd overthought things, I would have gone, hmm, I'm going to have to drive home covered in wine. I hope I don't get pulled over by the cops. I did not think about that. I got drenched and the cops did not pull me over and it was fine. I was so sticky, but it was good. I, I, I do love that, that attitude. And I think one of the byproducts of Decade has been exactly that. People doing things that they wouldn't necessarily have done and they wouldn't necessarily have thought about. I mean, I've done some incredible things and I've met some incredible people over the last two years. All of these things are all as a direct result of decade and setting goals. And it's just nice that these opportunities seem to arise when you engage in the community. Absolutely. And it's infuriating that goals have such a positive influence on your life when they are the worst things to try and think of and set and then force yourself to come across. Like, I hate this goal, but I'm having a great time. And that's something that I'm just going to have to deal with. One of your goals is around writing policy to make a tangible difference, both in Australia and internationally. Like I said before, kind of my whole like life philosophy is leaving the place better than when I found it. And I think writing government policy and legislation is one of the best ways to do that and to make a particularly large difference. Legislation is the best way to go. It's going to take me a while, especially to get up to that sort of level where I can write high-quality policy. At the moment, it's sort of just hoping that I can hide underneath someone's wing and do some of the research and help that way. I know I can get there. I just have to be patient. And then one day I'll snag my dream job and hopefully I can make the world a little bit better. Have your decade goals changed over time? Not really. Uh, Like I said, I only put them down at the end of July. Uh, So... Nothing's really changed, but, you know, eventually I might swap a few out. We'll see. Uh, Are you going to keep it as 10 throughout the 10 years? Or are you going to add, or is it going to be a case of one in, one out? That's a good question. I hadn't really thought about that. The original plan was sort of doing, like, one of those goals every year, but also doing a mixture of all 10, but making one of them, like, the 2023 goal and then 2024 goal, etc. So, I don't know. Maybe if I think of a really good goal... I might swap one out or... Yeah, I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. don't really want to write more goals, but I might have to. I might keep on improving my life, which would be annoying. None of this should be about improving your own life. This should be about making bad decisions and meeting good people. (laughs) That's what it should be about. Absolutely. I think the the doing one goal per year seems, seems like a nice approach, but things like buying a house, surely that has to be built up over time. You can't go, this year I'm going to save up and buy a house because it doesn't tend to work like that. Exactly, exactly. So things like buying a house, writing government policy, finding a life partner, all of those things are going to take time. And the good news is I have started uh, saving for a house. It's called just saving money and hoping one day I will be able to buy a single brick and maybe I will be able to live under that. 
Yeah, one day I might be able to find a particularly large stick that I can lean against a wall and call that a house. Do you need any help or support in achieving your decade goals? I mean, if someone wants to buy me a house, it'd be nice. Uh, but I think, I think at the moment, I'm I'm pretty good. Yeah, like Rhea, I accidentally organised my goals, so I didn't need a huge amount of like Discord assistance. I don't know. Well, I think we'll get there when we get there. I think that's one thing I do need to work on with myself is making sure that I make use of the community. Because I'm very happy to help other people, but I also need to be willing to let other people help me because that's how communities work. You know, giving people the opportunity to help others makes people feel so much better about themselves. They feel like they're valued and they're, of course, helping the people that they're sitting down beside. And so, yeah, I need to maybe stop being so arrogant and actually work out how other people can help me i think the overall feeling should be the community is there if you need it Mm. to be there and i think it's not always about taking the offer or the extending yeah but extending your own hands if anyone needs it as well and actually as you say kind of like it's a bit of a two-way well multiple way support for everybody should they should they need it yeah, it's, it's funny. I think um, at the moment it's been on my mind a fair bit because I've been having a strong argument with myself being like, yeah, get off your high horse. You need help just as much as, you know, other people. It's all very well being happy to lend, you know, a hand to everyone else. But you also need to put your own hand up sometimes and be like, yeah, actually, I, I don't know how to do this one thing. Plus, plus help. And I'm sure because we've got a lovely community, you know, people will be very happy to help me just as I'm happy to help other people. Thank you, Anna, for joining me on the Decade Podcast. It's been fabulous having you. Oh, oh, look, the pleasure has been all mine. It's been wonderful. Thank you very much. And that was episode six. Thank you to Anna for joining me. It was great talking with her, even if you didn't get to hear the baby wombat story. Some things were just never meant to be aired. Please join me next week for episode seven. In the meantime, you're all solid gold legends.